people will take action when they have a problem to overcome. Right. right, right. Earlier on, when it's just like a little bit of leaking here and there, it's like, nah, it's fine. I just put a pad in and I'm fine and carry on. But once it starts to really influence, like you, you're not exercising, you're not um, being intimate with your partner, you're not participating in social outings, you're starting to become more withdrawn, then all of a sudden it's becoming a big problem and that's influencing mm-hmm. other aspects of your health. Welcome to the Vibe Living Podcast, a podcast that talks about topics for women over 40. You know, that time of your life that many call midlife. That time of life when you can really vibe, be vibrant, intuitive, beautiful, and emerge. Join me, Linus Woods-Mullins, certified holistic living and wellness expert for women over 40, as I talk about a variety of topics that address the wellness of the mind, body and spirit for women over 40 remember midlife doesn't mean no life midlife is an opportunity to increase your self-love your self-care and your self-worth it's your time to be vibrant intuitive beautiful and emerged it's your time to vibe so come on let's vibe Hello, hello, and welcome to the Vibe Living Podcast. My name is Linus Woods-Mullins, and I am your host, as well as a holistic living and wellness expert for women over 40. And you know, I always like to talk about the kinds of things we can do to help us vibe. You know, be more vibrant, intuitive, beautiful, and emerge. So today, we're going to be talking about the vajayjay, otherwise known as your vagina. We're going to be talking about that with Kim Vopney. Kim Vopney is an expert when it comes to all things having to do with the pelvic floor. She has helped hundreds of women and has worked with physicians and physiotherapists to help women overcome incontinence and organ prolapse. She is an expert when it comes to all things regarding the pelvic floor, how you can strengthen it, and also why it's important to make sure that you don't end up with pelvic floor dysfunction. She's helped thousands of women, teaching them how to do pelvic floor exercises, how to get rid of those incontinent pads, and also how to eliminate the prolapse symptoms that a lot of us have a tendency to get in midlife. So I am really glad to be able to share this program today with Kim Vopney. Hi, Kim. Thanks so much for joining us. It's wonderful having you here today. Yeah, it's so nice to be with you. Thank you for the lovely introduction. Oh, you're welcome. I have to, you know, a lot of people ask me, how did I end up doing what I'm doing? And of course, my story is very much a roundabout way because I started doing something completely different. But I have to ask you, how did you get into the idea of being an expert when it comes to the vagina? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's not not your typical job description or, or <laughs> you know, we don't grow up with this like, well, I'm going to be this when I grow up. Right, um, exactly. Yeah, I, I saw a childbirth video in grade six that put some fear into me and also a little bit of fascination. And I remember looking at my mom and all the women in my life thinking, okay, well, they did it, but I don't think that this is something that I want to do. And grew up thinking that I was never going to have kids. And when I got married and decided I did want to start a family, I was really determined to have a different story than my mom who had experienced episiotomies, which it used to be standard of care where they cut the perineum as part of birth. Uh, She had surgery for incontinence. She had chronic back pain. And so she was struggling with all these things that I was like, okay, I I need to do this somehow differently if I can 
to not have these issues and not have the suffering that my mom had, had been through. So that's how it started. And it never was supposed to be a business. It was just me trying to educate myself. And my midwives had told me about a biofeedback device called the EpiNo. And EpiNo stands for no episiotomy. And it was a, it is a biofeedback. Uh, it's like a little balloon almost that gets inserted into the vagina and it's attached to a gauge. So it allows you to see when your muscles are contracting and relaxing and it helps you train your pelvic floor to be more responsive, well, respond appropriately during birth. So I used this, had a great experience and thought, how is it that not every birthing person knows about this? And that sort of said, okay, well, I'm going to sell this on the side. So I contacted the company and said, hey, could I be a distributor? And yes, that I could. And that's how it started. And it was a little side gig. And then I had a background in fitness. So I'd been a personal trainer. And now I was talking to people about pelvic health and fitness and certified, recertified in pre-postnatal and was initially specializing in pregnancy and helping people prepare for birth, which is what I had just done. And then I also recognized now we have another void in postpartum recovery. So then I formed a second business with two women and we were working on that. And then at the time, my handle was fitness doula. And Hmm. it was, again, because I was working primarily with pregnant women and new moms, it resonated. But as I started to transition into perimenopause, and now I'm almost in menopause, I also had clients coming to me saying, I gave birth 20 years ago, or I've never given birth and I have these problems. Can you help me? And Hmm. I recognize that this conversation is really through all life stages, not just pregnancy. And so then I knew that I needed a bit of a switch with this fitness doula because it didn't resonate so much with the, the midlife crowd. Right. And I was speaking to a group of women entrepreneurs about five or so years ago. And all of it was the, the mompreneur conference in Toronto. And all of the speakers, all the presenters were some sort of a coach. So business or strategy or marketing or whatever it was. And then my talk was how optimizing your pelvic health can make you a better mompreneur. And it was, it was a blog. Yeah. I written and I was chosen to make this talk. And then when I came on to present it, I made a joke like, you know, you, you crack the ice when you when you first get up on stage. And I said, well, now you have a vagina coach for your business. And then it was kind of like, you know, confetti falling and balloons flying and going, yes, that's it. That's the that's, that's the it. That's the ticket. Wow. Yeah. That, that's really amazing how we come to things. And, you know, the thing that's really interesting is that some of us, you know, go ahead and answer the call, so to speak. Some of us don't. But the ones of us who do answer the call, isn't it amazing how it just changes your life? And you have so much fun doing it. It becomes your passion. You have so much fun doing it. And the interesting thing uh, to me is that you do work with women at two very key points in their life, uh, pregnancy and going into the whole menopausal thing as your life changes. Mm -hmm. Um, Why is it that uh, we seem to have that change in our pelvic floor when it comes to pregnancy and midlife? Yeah, the so I, I think we deserve this education when we're learning about menstrual health and sexual health and body health in, in grade school, we should be told about this group of muscles. So it, it is a group of muscles that close off the base of our pelvis. They There's three different layers. First layer, primarily responsible for sexual satisfaction, um, sexual response. Second layer, primarily responsible for our continence. So allowing us to decide, does pee, poo, or fart want to come out of me? And is it an okay time for that to come out? And if not, can I control it? Third layer, primarily responsible for supporting our internal organs. It's also the foundation of our core. It, it 
plays a role in our pelvic and spinal stability and control mechanisms. And so these are really important jobs that we've never been told about. Mm -hmm. And we also, because we have female anatomy, we will menstruate, we will have hormonal fluctuations. The majority of us will be pregnant at some point. All of us will go through menopause, mm -hmm. all of which are things that greatly influence the pelvic floor. So in pregnancy, we have hormone changes. We have ligament laxity that happens as a result. So kind of our biomechanics start to change. We have stretch to the abdominal muscles. We have an additional load that the pelvic floor is managing and carrying over mm -hmm. nine months. Mm -hmm. And then we have a birth and that could be a vaginal birth or a cesarean birth. And both of which, you know, even if we have a cesarean birth, people think, well, my pelvic floor is fine because I didn't have a vaginal birth but it still has gone through all of the other adaptations during pregnancy. Right. And now, even though we, you, you didn't give birth vaginally, but there's an incision that went through multiple layers within the abdominal cavity to get down to the uterus and now multiple layers of adhesions. So scar mm -hmm. tissue right. that can influence the function of the pelvic floor. Um, so that's, that's one big monumental time that mm -hmm. uh, we, we know we have a lot of evidence to support that that is a, trigger or a contributor to pelvic floor dysfunction. Then we have uh, menopause, perimenopause, even we could, we could say it starts where we start to have hormonal fluctuations. And when we no longer have as much circulating estrogen, mm -hmm. the tissues in, in our pelvis, they love estrogen. And when we no longer have as much of it circulating around the tissues that are normally kind of soft and moist and juicy and supple start to thin and dry out the walls of the vagina mm. start narrow and that can contribute to pain, irritation, burning sensations, discomfort with sex, especially insertive sex, mm -hmm. incontinence issues. We have a little bit more laxity. So sometimes the, the organ support may not be as mm -hmm. robust as it was before. So, and it's not that midlife is where these things show up for the first time. They may have shown up even before we were pregnant, or again, maybe we've never been pregnant before and we have experienced incontinence where we leak a little bit of urine or we've experienced a bit of prolapse or what have you. And then when we get to midlife and we now have this lack of estrogen, that's just mm -hmm. another kind of missing piece where the, the symptoms there, any, anything that's kind of been whispering as a bit of a problem is now going to become a bit more of a scream. It's going to really tell you that, okay, you really have to pay attention now. And what I'm finding in my work is people will take action when they have a problem to overcome right, right. earlier on when it's just like a little bit of leaking here and there, it's like, nah, it's fine. I can just put a pad in and I'm fine. I'm carry on. But once it starts to really influence, like you, you're not exercising, you're not um, being intimate with your partner, you're not participating in social outings, you're starting to become more withdrawn. Then all of a sudden it's becoming a big problem and that's influencing mm -hmm. other aspects of your health. So then they're more motivated to start to take action. But I think if we were, if the seed was planted earlier in our life about mm -hmm. the importance, we then at least have the information and the knowledge to make the choices to pay attention or not, and then not feel resentful now that we're dealing with it and people that haven't told us that information ahead. Of you know, it's really, it's really interesting because you're right. It becomes kind of like the perfect storm after a while if you don't address these things. And you're right. Also, we as women have a tendency 
not to be as proactive because we're always taking care of everybody else. We say, I'll get to it later. I'll get to it later. And it just doesn't happen. But now in midlife in particular, I was looking at your website. And one of the things it talks about was the fact that um, the muscles that we, uh, the exercises that we use for those muscles, that there's more than just the squeezing, that there are other mm-hmm. kinds of things that we can do. And I think a lot of people think, well, I do my exercises. And the fact I'm doing them right now is I'm talking to you. Yeah. But there's, there's more than that. And I wanted to ask you to share about that. What other kinds of things can we do to make sure we keep those muscles strong? Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, and, People think of a Kegel, so the Kegel or Kegel, Kegel, however you want to pronounce it, is mm-hmm. is kind of this, it's thrown at us, like, oh, if you experience this problem or this problem, this problem, this problem, anything to do with the pelvic floor, the first response is go to your Kegels. And yes, we have evidence to support that Kegels can work, but not for everything. And not everybody has the same, um, well, we all have the same structures, but we don't have the same needs. And so when we can be evaluated to understand what our pelvic floor needs, then we can um, do whatever we, whatever would be most suitable for us. So squeezing is one aspect of a Kegel exercise. So a squeeze is a, is a closure. So that squeeze, but also there needs to be a bit of a lift and there needs Mm -hmm. to be a let go. So that's kind of like, you know, if you watch my hand here, it's kind of like a, I always think it's like a jellyfish swimming Mm -hmm. And it's there, there's a full range of motion that the pelvic floor goes through. It's not just a squeeze and hold on for, for as long as you can or, or squeeze harder. And a lot of people squeeze their inner thighs or squeeze their butt cheeks thinking they're using their pelvic floor. Right. And they're not. Right. Yeah. It's definitely yeah. inside job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Definitely. So, so Kegels are one thing that we can do. And, and mm-hmm. I think the way that I teach it is, yes, we need to connect in with the pelvic floor with visualization and imagery um, but then we need to layer it into movement so that we're training it mm-hmm. dynamically. Just sitting at every red light and just doing your squeezes is not necessarily going to translate into when you pick up that laundry basket and you leak a little bit. Mm-hmm. So there's the exercise piece. And I think we need a whole body approach to lengthening some of the muscles, including the pelvic floor and strengthening some of the muscles, including the pelvic floor. We also then need to pay attention to what we're putting into or not putting into our body. Mm-hmm. So people who are leaking or who have sensations of urgency, or who feel like I always have to go to the bathroom, I need to be, you know, I always have to have a, a bathroom close by. Those people will often start to restrict their fluids. So they don't drink water, because they think that if I don't drink water, then I won't leak, or I won't have to go to the bathroom, or I won't have those urges. But what happens is they become dehydrated, and the urine becomes much more concentrated, which then irritates the bladder, and it right. leads the bladder to signal you more often. So we have to pay attention to hydration. We also need to pay attention to fiber because another contributor to pelvic floor dysfunction is constipation. And constipation is very, very common. And a lot of women deal with hypothyroidism or may have autoimmune thyroiditis, which contributes to constipation. And when we're constantly straining that is putting a lot of pressure down onto the pelvic floor and can be very damaging. On the flip side, overactivity, so people that may have more tension in their pelvic floor muscles may also have difficulty eliminating um, their, like getting their bowels to empty because the muscles aren't relaxing to allow that elimination to mm. happen. So it's, it's, it's a blend of movement. It's a blend of you know, hydration and nutrition. 
And I think we also benefit from seeing a pelvic floor physical therapist once a year. And I, I agree. Yes. Um, I'm glad you mentioned that. I was going to bring that up because I first discovered physical, the pelvic floor therapist just recently within the last uh, couple of years mm-hmm. that they actually even had those therapists. And how I found out about it, though, is that my husband was going to a pelvic floor therapist because of some prostate issues mm-hmm. and frequent urination issues that he was having mm-hmm. at one time. And it really did help. And I was amazed because my our insurance covered it and mm-hmm. I did not know. So what does a pelvic floor therapist do? Yeah. I'm so happy that your husband did that because again, and like prostate issues are very common with men and pelvic floor therapy is so beneficial to men dealing with prostate issues and other issues, but that's a, a big one. So pelvic floor physical therapy is is like regular physical therapy, except Mm -hmm. it's directed to the pelvis. So these are practitioners who have trained as physical therapists who then have additional training Mm -hmm. in the pelvic floor, and they are licensed to evaluate and treat beyond, in the case of a female, um, beyond the entrance to the vagina. Typically, most evaluations are through the vagina. Some may be in the rectum as well. And they will evaluate whole body. So they look at your posture, your breathing, the way that you move, And the internal evaluation might take, say, 10 minutes-ish of that one-hour appointment. And they use gloved fingers to evaluate and treat the the external genitalia, the internal, so they can assess for tone in the muscles, if it's balanced between sides, the position of the organs, the ability of that person to do that Kegel. So not just a squeeze, but can there be, is there a bit of a lift? Can they let go of that and release the tension? And um, a really good therapist would actually also assess you in standing. So a lot of times we're on a treatment table lying down. That's a great place to start. But when we are upright against gravity, that can change the way our muscles work and also the Mm -hmm. position of those organs. So it's good to be evaluated in, in both positions. But why I say once a year is if you think about our, our oral health, we see a dentist once a year and we've been told from a very young age to brush our teeth twice a day and, do our flossing and see the dentist once or twice a year for a checkup. And if we had that same PR for our pelvic floor, where we were told at a young age, this is a really important group of muscles. Here's some exercises you can do. This is what happens when you menstruate in pregnancy and pregnancy. Da, da, da. And, and then we have these professionals, like we have a dentist for our teeth. We have a pelvic floor physical therapist for our pelvis. We see them once we become sexually active or earlier if needed. And they check up. They, they give us a checkup. How are things going? So we, we shouldn't have to wait until we have symptoms to go see somebody for help. Of course, they're there. If we do have symptoms, we can see them. But right. if we thought of this proactively and kind of like preventive maintenance, I think it would it truly would transform the lives of so many people. Well, so many people just don't even understand how this whole thing works. And I want to encourage people to go to uh, Kim's website. The URL is there on the show page there uh, because it's actually very informative. And there's also a a quiz you can take Mm -hmm. uh, to find out where you are with your pelvic floor health. I think that is amazing. What kinds of questions do you ask in that evaluation? Yeah. So first of all, it's, are you pregnant or not? So that will kind of segment you into, because there's specific um, questions depending on if you're pregnant or not. Mm -hmm. Um, Some of the questions will be, you know, do you leak? Um, Do you have sensations of urgency? Do you have difficulty emptying your bladder or your bowel? Do you struggle with constipation? Have you given birth before? 
Mm -hmm. um, do you experience pain with uh, insertive sex or do you have any dryness, burning sensation? So depending on how people answer, mm -hmm. that will then point them to the direction as to what might be the most suitable program or, or suitable path for them to take to help to over, overcome the challenges that they're dealing with. Now, another thing I wanted to ask is when it comes to your pelvic floor and your overall pelvic floor health, how does that influence your sexual experience, especially as you age? Yeah, it plays a huge role. So if we remember the three layers that that superficial layer is really the whole pelvic floor is, but the superficial is, is mostly um, involved in our sexual response. Mm -hmm. If we are, so I go back to that person who um, is maybe having urgency or is afraid of leaking or um, is dealing with frequency, or maybe they have prolapse and they're ashamed or embarrassed, or they don't want their partner to see it or feel it. That person will be guarded and those muscles will be start to become a little bit more overactive. And when mm -hmm. we have tightness or restriction in our muscles because of that overactivity, mm -hmm. We then also um, usually um, experience a, a reduction in blood flow and circulation, which can then hinder our capacity to for arousal, for right. orgasm. It may inhibit insert, insertion of whether it's a finger or a toy mm -hmm. or a penis mm -hmm. if you have a male partner. So it, it's huge. And if we have um, laxity, so then if we ha have the opposite where we don't have a lot of tone in our, our mm -hmm. muscles, that also can influence our capacity to have uh, sensation for us to, again, to also to experience arousal because we just don't have that same level of sensation that we had before. Mm -hmm. So we want a nice balance. We kind of want a yin and a yang there. It's a balance between effort. It's a balance be between ease. It's a balance between strength and suppleness. And when we have that, I mean, our capacity for pleasure is increased. And when we have strong, resilient, yet supple muscles, our, a lot of people will tell you their orgasms feel uh, feel bigger, feel greater, right. feel more, more, more full body. You can do exactly. your whole body and not just that one certain area. You know, this is yeah. just fascinating stuff. And I, and I know as I'm, I'm talking to you and I know as the listeners are listening, they're going to have more questions to find out more about what kind of service you, services you provide. There's not a lot of people still talking about this. And I would venture mm -hmm. to say, because I've been going to gynecologists, you know, since I was a kid, um, mm -hmm. I've never heard her mention um, now my new gynecologist, yes, but back in the day, anything right. about pelvic floor, nothing at all. And I was one of those people that had the episiotomy. And it was mm -hmm. interesting, too, because it was my first child. If I had had, you know, uh, pelvic floor preparation, I probably would not have needed that. But right. had no idea, had no idea. So it's really important for us to get educated. So yeah. I know you have um, the website. Now, do you mm -hmm. do consultations virtually? I do. Yeah. So people can book a 30 minute call with me to just ask questions, get an idea of what direction might be best, whether that's working with me or working with somebody else. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, I offer that for anybody. And then people that choose to work with me, we do virtual coaching. So similar to this, we would mm -hmm. do coaching um, or I have self-directed online programs for people that want the information and can apply it themselves. And I also have an app that is, um, there's a, it's a, it's free to download. There's also a bunch of free resources on there because I wanted to it make it. Up. 
the buff month app. Yes. Yeah, the buff month. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I downloaded it this morning, but I haven't done anything with it yet. But I downloaded it this morning. Yeah, that's a great app. It's a great app, Kim. It's yeah. got lots of information. I do have a link uh, on the show page for the buff muff for those of you who are app crazy. I'm app crazy. I was scoring. I was looking at my phone the other day. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> What are these things? I should delete it. But then I look at it. No, I don't want to delete it yet. You know, but these are one of the apps you're not going to want to delete because it will definitely open up your overall awareness of another way for you to take good care of your body. And I think that this is so important and it's a topic that is neglected. And that's why I wanted you to come on and and talk about it, Kim. Thank you so much. You're You're so knowledgeable. (laughs) Oh, wow. Likewise. I've loved learning from you and I've loved the opportunity to share with your community. So thank you so much for having me. Thank you. And again, everybody, all of Kim's information is there on the show page. You got to take a look at her website and take that quiz to find out if you need her services. I would say a large percentage of you do. Most of us do, because let's face it, we have been neglecting the JJ when it comes yes. to our muscles. I don't know how many of you, I know y'all think you do the Kegels, but see, we just found out. Gotta do more than just that. So thanks, yeah. Kim, again. And thank you to all of you for, you know, tuning in, stopping by. Don't forget to like and subscribe and share this podcast, as well as the overall station, whether you're on um, um Google or Apple or iHeart or Spotify or one of the other hundred platforms, share it with friends and family because this is a really good time for you to get some education on how you can be well totally because you know I'm all about wellness in the mind, body, and spirit. And the JJ Vagina is a part of the body. So definitely share this podcast with someone that you know needs this information. Thanks so much for tuning in. It's been wonderful to have you and have a fantastic day and please don't forget to vibe. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Vibe Living Podcast. Please feel free to download, rate, share, and like the show. To find out more about living a vibe life, go to my website at wellnesswoman40.com or email me at vibelivingpodcast at gmail.com. Have a fantastic day, and don't forget to vibe. This is Lennis Woods Mullins, your host on the Vibe Living Podcast. I am a holistic living and wellness expert for women over 40. I help women to be well in their mind, body, and spirit by teaching them about holistic practices, fitness, nutrition, and spiritual renewal. For over 14 years, I have helped women to vibe, to be more vibrant, intuitive, beautiful, and emerged, and into the woman that I think all midlife women want to be. If you are struggling with releasing unwanted pounds, balancing your hormones, getting rid of that sense of anxiety, enhancing your immune system, and, well, just having a better wellness journey, consider scheduling a 15-minute free consultation. Let's see if we connect and how I might be able to help you vibe along your wellness journey. Just click on the link on the show page there and it says, Contact Linus. I hope to hear from you soon.